1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever edition of the Butler, Buzz, and Armstrong in the Loop collaboration episode. I'm your host, Seth Prentice, and today I have the honor of sharing this interview with the host of the Butler Buzz, Trisha Pritchard. Trisha, thank you so much for taking time to be here today.
0: Oh, thank you, Seth. I, I'm so excited to be a part of this special program today.
1: And, and today's episode is a little different from what we normally cover, and we wanted to make this a special episode because... We're here to speak with a family that could use everyone's help as they're in need of a bone marrow transplant for their wonderful boy, Jax. I'd like to introduce our guests today, Missy Ramirez, better known as mom, and Lisa Maloney, bone marrow manager with Vitalant. Ladies, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for having us. Yep. Thank you. All
0: right. Well, I would like to go ahead and get started again. Thanks for joining us. And Missy, I've been learning about your story or your family's story. But let's tell our viewers, our listeners, a little bit more about who are the Ramirez?
2: Sure. So uh, there's mom and dad Ramirez, and that's me, Missy, and my husband, Pete. And then we have Jackson, or Jax, who is six, almost seven in January. And then we have Lincoln, his little brother, who's four.
0: Uh, So two little guys, Jackson, Lincoln, and... Where do you guys live? How long have you lived in the area? What do you guys, uh, what do, you guys do?
2: We live in a small town called Zillian um, Opal. Okay. We have lived here for about seven years now. Um, we just absolutely love it. You can walk everywhere. We can walk to the pool. We can walk to go get something to eat. It's been fabulous. Um, I am a school psychologist at a local school district, and my husband stays home with our two boys. He was a former teacher, but now he stays home with our kids.
0: Okay. So you've lived in, it is such a beautiful area. That's Celia Noble, isn't it?
2: It is. It is. Uh,
0: and I know that your family has been going through quite a lot over the past couple of years. What, uh, what, what happened with Jax? When did you first realize that maybe something was wrong?
2: Sure. So, oh, uh, November, 2017, um, Jack's right before we were on our way to get a Christmas tree at a Christmas tree farm right in Zillian Opal actually okay and um he started to heavy breathe and we weren't sure why and so we we paused everything um this was actually the Black Friday after Thanksgiving and we called the pediatrician on call and they just said oh it might be your first virus because prior to this Jack's was never sick um not a not a thing and So we waited it out, like they said, and they said, do humidifier. But by that evening, he was shivering and things just seemed off. And again, first time mom, first baby, I had no idea what I was doing. So I took him to um, the Wexford Children's like emergency care clinic. And when we walked in, they said they smelled his breath right away. And they said, mom, your son has type one diabetes. I said, "What?"
0: oh, my gosh.
2: And they took his blood sugar and it was, I'll say only uh, three thirty. And they said, um, we're putting you in an ambulance, we cannot let you drive him, and off we went. And I had a newborn son, so Lincoln was two months old at the time. So we went off to Children's in an ambulance, and I'm trying to call family members saying, they're telling me Jax has type one, I I don't even know what this means. By the time we arrived to the hospital, Jax was placed directly into the PICU. He was, I did not realize, fighting for his life in that ambulance. His numbers, so when I say his blood sugar was only 330, every other number that you need to live was in the single digits. Um, He spent several days in the PICU. And then um, there I was with a two-month-old baby. And uh, my my husband came down with him, and we spent another seven days learning how to not only take care of this newborn who we just met really right <laughs> it was like taking taking two newborns out of the hospital with type 1 and we don't have a family history of type 1 so it was all very confusing and I questioned every step of the way I did not believe it for a while I actually asked to see the medical documentation I wanted to see his labs that showed he had type 1 because it's not in our family history um, right. Pete, Pete and I were actually tested at the at the hospital, um, to see if we were holding markers for type one, and neither of us are. And so that was even more puzzling for me. So um, off we went with learning type one, which when you're only two and a half years old, and your whole life is just being a toddler and having fun with food, that really meant something different for us. But sure, my husband is also a personal trainer. And so I felt like right out of the gate, he was like, on top of understanding how what food meant to to really drive Jax's body. And that's sort of how we live. And so it was sort of a natural fit, honestly, for Jax and Pete. And so we've just really been managing it that way since then. Okay. But along the road, we we had several strange other instances. So like I said, my husband stayed home because once we got that type one diagnosis, we felt like we couldn't put him in. The, how could I put my baby in the care of somebody else? Not that they couldn't take care of him, but I just didn't want that for him. So um, he attended this cute little outdoor preschool with Pete and Lincoln. And it was like all about climbing and tree houses and doing all of these things. Well, then he was then exposed to some germs. And so sure. a routine childhood virus for Jack's turned into staph scalded skin, which meant his skin was literally peeling off of his body and he looked like a uh-huh. victim. L- what it meant for little Lincoln was nothing. It was like a day of maybe a very low grade fever. And he was off bopping around being himself. And Jax was in the hospital for 14 days. Instances like that continued to occur for Jax. Um, and then I think the last time that he was hospitalized uh, was for 17 days because he was intubated for the flu. And um, once he was intubated for the flu, he was in an induced coma for seven days. Uh, We had to, when he woke up, we were, he was lucky to be alive. Every one of these instances for him meant almost losing his life. I can't tell you how many times I've watched this little baby struggle for his life. So I just couldn't stop thinking about this. You know, I don't have markers for type one. It's not in our family history. Autoimmune isn't in our history. So I I needed answers. And so what I did was, um, oh, he, uh, after- a routine vaccination, he ended up with another autoimmune disorder called myasthenia gravis. And that meant that after three weeks after the vaccination, he started seeing double vision or he had double vision and his eyes were crossed. And myasthenia gravis is an autoimmune disease that happens in old people. I mean, if you're 65, 70 or older, that's often when you're going to see that not at age six. So, um, I pushed for answers and we met with Dr. Chong from Children's Hospital. And she is a lovely, lovely woman. Between her and Dr. Hamid, his neurologist with the the myasthenia gravis, we decided that we were going to take a very small panel because all along I've been we've quarantined before COVID, right? My family used to living in a bubble because that's what we have to do. And, um, with COVID that overlayer really, really freaks us out. I saw what the flu did. I don't, I can't even imagine. And that's what I've been saying all along. And so they did a very small, uh, new panel and it's an, like an auto inflammatory panel. Okay. And that, um, came positive, which was They did not think it was going to come positive. And if he's positive for IPEX. IPEX. (laughs) Which, I'm
0: sorry. Now, from what I've been reading about your story and everything, it's like one in 1.6 million, like chance to have this.
2: Mm -hmm. And so the interesting thing is um, I was then tested because it's a genetic um, disorder. And so it comes from moms. And I am also positive for IPEX which means that, um, any child that I have, that's a boy, it's a 50, 50 shot that they have IPEX. So Lincoln had to be tested for IPEX. He has since come negative, but how do you celebrate something that's still so terribly sad? Sure. Um, my siblings now have to be tested for IPEX as well. Um, and what it means for me is nothing because women don't show symptoms because our, the, the gene, you know, our, our systems are fantastic. And so what that means is my, my DNA wraps up the X, the affected X, and I'm never going to hear from that again, but for Jack, since he only has one X, he's going to show symptoms. So all of these things, I call them buckets, you know, all of these buckets really meant he had IPEX and it just took us a while to To figure it out. out. However, when you look at IPEX, we are we are lucky because most kids don't survive past infancy um and so i'm lucky to have found it when i did because things could just become exponentially worse for him not better
0: and am i right in saying that you discovered the ipex in in just recently right
2: in october so in october like, yeah we were putting all the pieces together it took us a while to get our feet wet with myasthenia gravis because um, And that's when we started the genetic testing. So it was, it was probably not until March or April, did we finally get a myasthenia gravis diagnosis. And since then we've been sort of figuring out what panels to run and how to live life with myasthenia gravis, because he's on immunosuppressants. He gets IVIG treatments, which he just came back from an IVIG treatment. So it's an all day infusion to just keep his body from fighting itself.
1: This kid's a real hero. and, 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 you know, in this battle, I give him, you know, all the credit in the world. He, he's a warrior.
2: He is. He is, um, and he's funny about it. He, when I ask him what what do you think about IVIG, he's like, "Ah, eh, I mean, what are you going to do? I get to sit and play Nintendo Switch all day, so that's my dream." <laughs> you know. So, I mean, he just has a really great spin on some of the things that he's faced.
0: Wow! Wow! And also in in learning about your story, Missy, thank you so much for sharing it. My, my heart, I have three kids of my own. Uh, so I can, I feel for you as a mom. So the, the community around you has just been, it's not only the community around you, like locally, Missy, I'm reading about like, there was an event just in Chicago. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. So, so tell us about the support you've been receiving.
2: So I'll start with all of the, all of these struggles have only been known by my immediate family. We did not go public about this for a long time because I thought this is Jack's story to tell, right? And and this is his private life that affects us. But I'm his warrior and we're going to shield him. Right. But when we came to find out I we he had IPEX and we tested Lincoln and Lincoln is not a match. So what they do is they look for siblings first and Jack or Lincoln is not a match for him. They ran, the, um, they ran the Be the Match donor registry, and he has no matches. There are 30 million people on this registry, and he has no matches. I took a minute to think about that as a mom, and I said, I need help. I yeah. need my village. I need to create a village that will help us beat this. We're also of Hispanic descent. Um, yes. Only about 48% of those end up finding their true match. And that's not a place I want Jack's to be or anybody else. All people should have access to a match, right? Sure. All people should have access to a life. And so it's become be the match for Jack's mission to find a match, not only for him, but for anybody that needs a match. And so we have been uh, spread far and wide. Um, we're reaching out to every single person that we know. And so what's really great is I, w- I call it the six degrees of separation in Pittsburgh. Everybody knows somebody. And so we have really used that to our um, benefit. And so anybody that knows anybody gets me a hookup in, we have hookups in Texas in El Paso. Um, we were trying in Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, Florida, North Carolina, anywhere we know somebody or six degrees of separation of knowing somebody, we're right. going to try to find and 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 run a live donor drive. Get any awareness out there that we can.
1: Well, before so, we get to the uh, what the Be the Match donor drive is, Missy and Lisa, what what are we looking for here today? Because let let's introduce that to our listeners and our viewers. Of uh, we're here because Jax needs a donor for what specific thing?
2: So Jax needs a bone marrow a uh, transplant donor and we need to find the same HLA typing. And so that's your genetic immunological makeup for my lack of medical terminology. And everybody has a match somewhere and it's for him, it's a needle in a haystack. They told me that it's going to be like winning the lottery. And I always say, I have not won the lottery, but I will win this one.
1: Oh no and we want to help you win that lottery and we want to make sure to get that information out there with that being said you know can that match be anywhere in the world is you know could that is it more likely that person's in the US in a different country do we have any type of answer of where we need to be going
2: so i think lisa has lots of answers about that in specific but what i will say is we are trying to leave no stone unturned because we don't really know who it could be. And I don't want listeners to think that they just have to be of Hispanic descent. It literally can be our neighbor. We just need to get them to swab. And so Lisa, I'll let her explain that.
3: Uh, A little bit about Be The Match. So Be The Match is operated by the National Marrow Donor Program. And um, Be The Match operates the, the most diverse marrow registry in the world. So we're sort of the hub for like 470 different leading centers worldwide. So we do have registrations from all over the world. We work with our global partners to try to find, uh, as Missy said, everybody a match. And as she indicated, um, people of Hispanic descent do only have a 48% chance of finding a match, but not because people of Hispanic descent only donate 48% of the time, but because as what we need to do is build a registry to make it as, as more diverse and make as many people of all different ethnic groups join the registry so each person can find a match. Um, 70% of people don't find a match in their families. So uh, Lincoln not being a match for for Jacks is, is, you know, falls right in those numbers. So people then turn to the Be The Match Registry to try to find that match, uh, the person who can genetically match them. Um, so HLA is a protein that is found in most of your cells in your body. And that's what builds uh, your immune system and your different systems. So that's what we need to match on. So people, you know, it's easy to join the registry. They need to just swab their cheeks and they uh, they do a DNA test basically. And then their markers are in the registry. So we're trying to find as many people as Missy said to join the registry so that people can find a match. Um, you know, with the efforts of we we've had because of Jackson and the efforts of Missy and and her village, as she says, we've had over, uh, I think it's close to 1600 people join the registry already in our area, which is very, you know, it's remarkable just from people going online and getting a swab kit mail to their house or going to some of the live drives that we've had. So that's what we need to continue to do. And as she said, we're trying to educate people around the United States and in other countries. We've had drives in Mexico, we've um, in Turkey um, and different uh, countries also trying to, you know, get as many people as we can to join the registry. Um, patients need the, uh, their genetic match and they need to be on the registry. So we got to hope that people will swab their cheeks and Jax will find his along with thousands of other patients who are searching
0: today. So Lisa, I have a, just a couple questions about about how you go about this, you can go on be org, right? Right. So what and we try we- to
3: do, yeah, from, from our efforts, we have a, we have a, a code, should I say, that we're using for Jackson. So, you know, you could text Jax to 61474, that will send okay. you a link um, on the website, or you can go to org backslash Jax, and okay. you can join the registry that way. Okay. Um, uh, and that way we can keep track of how many joined from his efforts. But yes, you can just go to bethematch.org and uh, you activate an online account. It's very simple. It takes about three minutes. They ask you if you want to have the swab kit mailed to your house. They mail you cotton swabs in the mail and a postage paid envelope. You simply take a minute to swab the insides of your cheek, put them back in the envelope and mail them back. It's, okay. uh, it's a very quick and easy process from there that then their DNA is stored in the registry.
0: Okay. And is there an age requirement or uh, health background information that people need to meet certain requirements?
3: Yes. So we look for people between the ages of 18 and 40. So the doctors look for the youngest, healthiest donor possible. So you have to be in general good health, health. There are a few things that will Uh, eliminate you from or defer you from being able to join the registry, but they'll walk you through that right away. They'll pop up some questions, you'll answer them, they'll figure out if uh, you meet the health requirements. And if you're between the ages of 18 and 40, and in general good health, you should be able to join the registry.
0: Okay. And it's really important that as soon as the individuals, once they do the the swab inside the cheek, that they get it into the mail ASAP?
3: Yes, they should get it in as soon as possible. It takes a couple weeks for the for the swabs, the process and you know, and to get their name on the registry. Yep. We're looking for committed donors. We're hoping, you know, we would prefer to get five people who are committed that when they get, if they get the call that they're a potential match, that they'll say yes and follow through as opposed to getting hundreds who, if they get a call, will say, ah, I'm not really sure I want to do it. Uh, people okay. are a little bit hesitant about being a, a, a bone marrow donor. Um, okay, And so, I think a lot of it is misconceptions that are out there on what the actual process is. Uh, it's, it's not exactly what people think it is. It's much easier than they think. So to join the registry is, is simple. You just swab your cheeks. If you come up as a match, there's two ways to donate your stem cells, which is what they're getting from you. Okay. 80% of the people will do it through a blood donation. It's very similar to donating platelets or plasma. They give you a medication. It's a nupogen prior to uh, you going in to donate. It makes your body form a lot more stem cells. They take this, they 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 take your blood. They spin it through an apheresis machine, just like donating platelets or plasma. They spin it and give you everything else back. Takes a couple hours, but it's 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 pretty much it's an outpatient procedure that's just done. By, you know, like like donating blood. Twenty percent will be asked to donate actual marrow, but with that, it's also an outpatient a patient procedure, you go under general anesthesia. So you're completely asleep, they use a needle and they aspirate it from your pelvic bone. Um, Again, it's an outpatient procedure, you know, there's some discomfort, but it's not a painful process. It's not the types of things that you see in some of the movies that are on TV. Uh, And at the end of the day, you're saving somebody's life, it's really an euphoric day for the donor, the majority of the donors will easily say they would do it again in a heartbeat, they're really happy to help save somebody's life.
0: Wonderful, wonderful.
1: So, say I came up to be a match, and I was not here local to Missy and her family. You as being the match, what do you do for that person that needs to get uh, brought up, transported wise to uh, so the area?
3: If you come up as a potential match from from your cheek swabs that you that you're a potential match, they'll ask you to do give a blood donation, a blood do, uh, sample, which then they would make sure that you're actually a good match for that individual. If you're a good match, you donate as close to your house as you can. So they find a donor center, an A-FRESA center as close to you as possible, and you go there to donate, and they ship the product where it needs to go. It is an international registry. to could go anywhere in the world. Um, but yes, you, you donate where you live. They ship the product where it needs to go, and um, they work around the, the donor schedule as, as much as they can. Uh, they, they try to make it as convenient as possible. There's no cost to donors. Everything is paid for. There's nothing. There's no cost. They reimburse any outside costs that might potentially happen for the donor if they did have to travel somewhere or stay in a hotel or something like that. Everything would be reimbursed. Meals. They try to make uh, help, you know, moms or dads with with childcare. They make everything as 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 convenient as possible. Uh, it's really a process that is doable and a life saving procedure for somebody.
1: Absolutely. Have, have you been a part of one, Lisa, that you've found a match for somebody?
3: I have. Yep. So I've been uh, doing just so I'm the community engagement representative here at FI Talent. And I've been, um, all I do is try to help uh, find donors. So I spend a lot of time going out to, especially because of our age demographics and the, what we need. I go to a lot of college campuses trying to recruit people there's a lot of altruistic people out there who really want to join the registry. So we give them the opportunity to join. I've had people who I've, I've, um, recruited come up as match and I will then go with them at times, or at least go and meet them at the Apheresis center. Or I went with a couple of them to, um, if they were, uh, a bone marrow donor to try to just, just be part of the day. Actually, it's a pretty exciting day. Uh, and it's very, it's very, it's very nice. And Everybody is very happy. They're excited about it. It's it's something that it's hard to put words into. By the end of the day when you see the product and you know it's going to save somebody's life within 24 hours it's going to be transplanted and uh, grafted into a patient. It's quite exciting and I um I have been part of it and I'm not exactly sure how many people that I actually recruited. I've recruited thousands of people actually went on to be donors, I have to someday find exactly that out. But you know, 10 or 12 that I know are for sure, it's hard to match. Um, unlike blood type, as uh, Missy said, you match on your HLA, which is your human leukocytes antigens. So it's specific to your ethnicity that you're matching on. So whatever your ethnic blend is, that's what your match is going to be that same ethnic blend. So it's markers that go along with your DNA that that need to match it's hard. It's hard to find, it's hard to be a match for somebody. There's millions of people on the registry and many people do not have a match and we just need that person to swab
0: their cheeks. Right, right. Well, Missy, let's talk about some upcoming events that you have or how can we help as your community? Can we hold a, a drive for you? What can we do to help?
2: Well, I would love if you could hold a drive for me or anybody. And really, what does that mean? That means you give us space. If you contact myself or Lisa, we pretty much take care of it. Well, Lisa actually takes care of all of it. Um, Okay. And she she trains people on site to do some of the um the swabbing. Um, she's trained many of my village to do that, and they are often doing their own live donor drive. So anywhere, literally anywhere, we can figure it out. And even in the ones in Chicago, you know, New York, etc., Lisa contacts the other be the match centers and we figure okay. it out. Um, in fact, we got 20 some from Chicago, which Oh, was, wonderful. Yes. And I, you know, for us, One is better than none. So to hear that it was in the 20s makes my heart full. Um, Do we have anything coming up? We do. Um, Already scheduled. We do. So on the 18th of January, we'll be at La Palpa in the south side or La Palma, La Palma and the South side. I always mess that up. Um, okay. And then on the 21st at Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh on the 25th is Slippery Rock University. And then on the 27th of January, we b- will be at Rivers Casino for a boxing event.
0: Oh, wonderful. And where can our listeners learn about all of these upcoming events? Kind of follow along with your story, your family story, Jacks.
2: Sure. That's a great question. So you can follow us on be the match for Jack's on Facebook or Instagram. We're in both. We post everywhere and we keep everybody abreast of what's happening.
0: Okay, great. And you do have a GoFundMe, correct? We do. Okay. So we could also participate in GoFundMe. I, uh, I'm just, this is a really, really inspiring story. How is Jack's doing today? I mean, he, he had, a, he had an eye uh, one of those treatments today. How's sure, he so- feeling right now?
2: He feels great. So after IVIG, he's a little like a peppy in a step, I should say. Um, But in general, I would say Jax is... uh happy he's in he's just one of those kids that always is always happy no matter what and he's always smiley and he takes things on the chin like i've never seen anybody before you know when we have been hospitalized he told those nurses so many stories that when they see us again they're like jacks you know oh. he leaves an imprint on everybody wherever he goes he's our angel and so um he's doing well he he does not know any of this so oh. um We are his shield and we are his warriors. And we will bear that until that time comes where we find the match. Hey, now,
0: did I read that he wants to be a YouTube star? He sure does.
2: He sure does. He loves <laughs> um he loves the Adventure Agents and we actually uh. just got to meet them and they're based in Seattle, Washington, so they zoomed in to meet us and we've been hanging out with them which is super fun and he loves to go on outdoor adventures like kayaking and camping. So his birthday is on the 19th and he is having an indoor camping party. With just us of course, you know. Of course. But we're going to be camping out in the living room. So he'll be 7 on January 19th. He will be.
0: Oh, wonderful. I'm so excited to hear that. That's awesome. That's coming up.
2: Yes. Yes. He loves oh. his birthday. And he always asks for the sign gypsies to come and put a sign up front to tell everybody. The sign it's his gypsies. Birthday.
0: <laughs> That's right. I think we should all put a sign up. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's
2: right.
1: Well, we want to wish Jack's a happy early birthday today, but uh, when this will actually air, you know, happy birthday, because it will probably be during that timeframe of his birthday. So, We definitely want many more birthdays for Jack's and for your family as well, Missy. But uh, is there anything else, Lisa, Missy, that we might not have covered today that you'd like to share with our listeners and viewers?
3: Uh, For me, I just really, you know, just to educate, I'm I'm thankful that you guys are sharing this story for people to get information and to learn about Be The Match and what we do. Uh, You know, our mission is to save lives through cellular therapy. And it's an easy mission. That's what we want to do. And a lot of people don't know about it until it actually hits their family. A lot of people have never even heard of it. Or they heard of something and it's like way far out, something that they they, they can't relate to. Not really understanding that they can have a really important piece and be a really important part of somebody's life-saving procedure. And a, in a very easy way, it's just making that commitment and following through with it. And I hope that people learn about it, go on, you know, go to bethematch.org to learn more about it and what it actually means and how they can help. Holding a registry drive, joining the registry, but sharing the information also. If it's something that somebody is intimidated or something that they don't think that it's something that they want to do or participate in, somebody they know will want to maybe want to help or want to do it. So, to share that information. And even people who are over 40, a lot of people say, oh, I'm over 40, I'm too old to join the registry, but they know neighbors or nieces or nephews or or children who are in that age groups for them to share the information and pass it on.
0: Great.
2: I think for me, um, you know, I think one of the take-home messages is just help us do something, right? There's six degrees of separation. Everybody knows somebody and I will take it from there. I'm on the registry myself, and I know I will answer that call for somebody else's family, so I just hope you answer it for mine.
1: Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to share all of the contact information at the end of the episode as well as the show notes, so people can go uh, click and go directly to you know all of your information, learn more, go to the GoFundMe page. Uh, we hope a match can be found as soon as possible. And who knows, it could be myself, could be Tricia, could be anyone in our community. So we hope to find that match for you as soon as possible.
3: Thank you. Thank
1: you. Thanks thank you. for your time. Tr- Tricia, thank you yeah. so much for being oh, a sure. wonderful co-host today. I hope we can do this again in the near future. Tune into the Butler Buzz on the Armstrong Neighborhood Channel, on the Armstrong Neighborhood Channel YouTube page, and on your favorite podcast app. Tricia, let's do this again real soon. Yeah.
0: That sounds great, Seth, and, and I'm you're in my prayers, Missy, your family, Jax. I'm thinking about you, and uh, I'm, I'm going to spread the word for sure. Thank you. Thank you.
1: For this special edition of the Butler Buzz and Armstrong in the Loop podcast, I'm Seth Prentice, keeping you in the loop. news all past and current episodes are available on popular streaming apps and websites search armstrong in the loop podcast and subscribe today
2: when it comes to internet service you get it all with zoom from armstrong there's unlimited data for unlimited downloads low latency for seamless streaming and gaming plus an unmatched fiber network for speeds that can't be beat find out for yourself